In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Look at my friends. Look at those faces. Look at how they all go to such cheap places. Look at these girls. There's nothing like a Nilea. Martin. She loves you. She loves you. Lina Lee. She loves you. Let's go boutique. She loves you. Oh, this is a breakdown and a Chris Jenner song. Bow, bow, bow. She loves you. She loves you. Chris Jenner loves all of Los Angeles. Yes, she loves you. <laughs> oh my God. The fact that this exists, you guys. And you guys, you need to check out the video of this. This is so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. Let's cut this music off. Uh, yeah, that was Chris Jenner. I love my friends. Uh, she did that for her 30th birthday. Now in part one, I talked about that, but now in part two, this is part two you're listening to. If you haven't listened to part one, what's wrong with you? It's amazing. Tracy Morrissey and Raven from the Bitches Better podcast. Amazing. Really, you guys. Uh, but yeah, Chris Jenner did that for her 30th birthday party as an homage to her friends and to the city that she loves, which is... Los Angeles and California, and, and I guess that's a state. Um, as you can hear, I'm tired. I swear to God, I feel like this must be what a, um, a drug addict feels like. Is but it's just me with podcasting. Is that so? I stayed up most of the night. I'm at my parents. I came to visit my parents for a couple, like a week or so, and they have the slowest internet. So what I would have had done, I I would have been earlier than usual. I would have been done at one and I ended up being done at four because I was waiting for things to process. And it's not even your concern, you guys just worry about enjoying. But then I had to wake up to do part two and then to do all the Patreon episodes. What are the Patreon episodes you might ask? Well, that's where I recap Real Housewives of Potomac, Below Deck Med, and uh, the other one, Real Housewives of New York. So those will all be separate episodes on my Patreon later this afternoon. You're going to get a free recap of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, the final piece of the reunion. Oof, I've got some anger flowing in that, so I hope you're ready to hear somebody just shouting into a mic. The bad boy of podcasting, trying to explain to you why he doesn't like Lisa Rinna. <laughs> um, how are you guys? Is everything good in your worlds? I hope so. Um, uh, yeah, you know all the stuff. Follow me, support, subscribe, all that crap. Tell a friend. You know how it is. Um, I, uh, I, I, I was watching right before I just, it's what, 1030 Arizona time. And I woke up at 830 and I, just to wake myself up, had a couple of cup of, cup of, cup of coffees and I was watching Darcy and Stacy on the TLC network. Now, I, I I know everybody hates being told what to watch and all that, but the 90-day franchise, if you can cherry pick, because I know there's a lot uh, to choose from, but I got to say the Darcy and Stacy spinoff, because Darcy was one of the popular characters in the 90-day universe and her sister, twin sister Stacy. I got to say, it's really coming to its own. I think it's on its fifth episode right now, and they finally hit quarantine and I got to tell you, you guys, it's not annoying. I It's almost like a Christopher Guest film. He's the guy, he's the director that did like Best in Show and Waiting for Guffman. It is so bizarre to think of that these people actually exist in the real world and they take themselves seriously. Like 
they're living real lives, but it seems like a one of the best comedies I've ever seen in my life. Like Darcy was like, hey, I guess we have to wear masks now everywhere. But like, I get it covering your mouth. But like, what about the eyes? And what about my hair? Could you get it in my hair? And then later in the episode, she was like, you know, um, you know, maybe we'll go to a nice restaurant. And the producer's like, all restaurants are, are closed, Darcy. She's like, huh? Wow. All restaurants are closed. Wow. I'm not doing good with quarantine. <laughs> it was really actually relatable and definitely not as anger inducing as fucking Kelly dipshit Dodd. My God, I, I, the, the, I hate that we give these people voice boxes. Uh, that's the proper term. Yes, voice boxes. I hate that we give them these platforms to speak on and then they fucking spread kooky shit about like, you know what? Let's all debate all day about wearing masks. Do you think there's bigger fucking things? Wear the mask, you idiot. I'm sorry. That's just anger. Because like, my, I mean, my grandma, like, I mean, I'm so sorry that you think just this, this kills older people and then so screw it. Like, I hate if I if I lived in my 90s, I would hate if all of a sudden somebody was just able to write me off. Well, they're old. Well, you know what? You're, you're then arguing about, you know, somebody's validity of life after they've been on this earth for 90 years. It's, it's fascinating. But Kelly Dodd yesterday uh, on her Instagram stories posted a plastic surgeon telling us uh, how masks were worthless. A plastic surgeon. Let, let's say it together. A plastic surgeon. Like if Kelly, if I needed a, a, a hot tip on how to get my boobs bigger or smaller, I'd fucking go to Kelly Dodd. Like no doubt in my mind, I would listen to her. I'd be like, you have the wisdom here. Um, but anything else, there's no way. And do you notice always how the stupidest people have the loudest voices? And I'm I'm also speaking about myself here. I am very stupid. But you got to realize at a certain point that that's the case, right? It's like that's why Lisa Rinna, uh, you know, succeed, not succeeds, but but survives is because she shouts everybody down. She's the loudest one in the room. You know, like there's she sucks up all of the oxygen. And uh, so that, that that to me really, I think you always got to pay attention to that. But I just I get so mad because there's so many avenues for us to get information now. So it's really easy for us to get false information. And like I always talk about, I wish there was some kind of world referee of like, okay, factoring in religion, personal beliefs, blah 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 blah. This is the right answer. <clears throat> and there's no right or wrong anymore. It's just all this gray area. So life gets more and more confusing because. Everybody argues both sides. Everybody, everybody's always like, well, I can see it this way, but that way. And it's like, man, I just want one right. Can we all like maybe we just need to start small. Like if you see a piece of trash, do you agree that it goes in a trash can? Like, let's start there. Like, I feel like everybody would be like, yeah, you know what? I think so. But then, of course, you'd have some asshole being like, well, maybe the trash wants to be on the ground. Why would you disturb that trash? You know, like, so I, I just. I think there's a frustration there. I don't know if everybody feels it or it's just me. I'm so in my podcast bubble lately. Oh, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I feel like a drug addict. I just, I podcast, I watch these shows, I take notes. Tuesday night usually is like a 24-hour day. Going into Wednesday, I'm brain dead. And then the Wednesday, like throughout, because of lack of sleep, I'll end up at some point, you know, um, wanting to quit the podcast, move, move somewhere else, like change my whole life. And then I'll get sleep on Wednesday night and Thursday is like, okay, back to normal. I love everything. And let's, let's get going. So it's like this weird thing that you're putting your body through and you're like, Ryan, why would you ever do that? Nobody really cares. And I guess that's the case, but I think there is this one thing is that like when you find something even later in life that you genuinely love to do because that that is what this is it's something I do genuinely love to do it's like you don't want to let that go and you want to work as hard as you can and you want to it's just yeah anyways I feel like I'm talking to my therapist right now I'm so sorry you guys you guys didn't sign up for that <laughs> I mean or maybe you did wouldn't that be a cool patreon exclusive if I just was like I recorded my therapy sessions and then I just played them for you and now that I say that out loud I'm like that does sound like something you would do because you're a sicko. Um, let's see. Oh, by the way, my mom was already on a Zoom book club at 930 in the morning. God bless her. I mean, just where does somebody find the energy? I mean, to read even. 
I mean, to read, I was so proud last week because I finished a book. It was an audio book, but I finished it, the Jessica Simpson audio book, which that's the, I I didn't, I, I wasn't even a fan of Jessica Simpson's. Like now I am. Now I want to go back and watch Newlyweds. Which is interesting because I, I, re- I remember talking to Danny uh, Pellegrino about this because, you know, he is so into Jessica and does those Jess- Jessica Simpson Thursdays. And I was like, how do you how have you not gotten her on the podcast? And he's like, uh, he's like, I've gotten close a bunch. But then I was thinking about it after listening to the book is that, you know, a lot of our big like one of our big things that we love about Jessica Simpson is the show Newlyweds. And then could you imagine having to go on all these shows or podcasts and then talk about this period of your life that was so memorable to us, but to her is not something she wants to forget, but it's also definitely not something she wants to celebrate, you know? Like I'm sure there's like she appreciates it and what it did for her, but you know, she has married with a family and you don't want to be constantly having it thrown in your face of like, remember when you played an idiot on newlyweds and like, remember when Nick kind of talked down to you a bunch? Like I can imagine that being hard to keep revisiting and everybody having such a positive, um, you know, like, Oh my God, I love newlyweds. It's, it's, it's like, it's like when you would have a boyfriend or girlfriend, you guys, and then you broke up and people were like, Oh my God, I love you guys together. What? And I, I imagine there's a little bit of that, you know, is that like, okay, but now I'm doing my own thing, you know, and I hope you dig that as well. I do not know why I thought that much about Jessica Simpson this week, but I did. Like, I that's, do you guys do that where you'll sit there, which could be time that you could be putting towards your life or something productive, and you'll sit there and you'll, like, I thought for an hour yesterday on my free time about Jax and Brittany having a baby. And I was like, wow, like, at what point do you think Jax wakes up and is like, I'm tired of this baby. Huh. Look at this baby getting all this free attention. Man, I'm going to make this baby pay. I'm going to go cheat. You know, that went dark real quick. <laughs> no, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, and by the way, so I've been talking about Jackson writing the book. I'm here. He's writing a book for new fathers. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Can you imagine that that's what his book is going to be about? That is infuriating. What a way to make your wife's pregnancy about you and make a quick buck on it. I mean, you know there's going to be illustrations. I bet he does some funny, like, topless photos. I bet the baby's all over that book. Oh, my God. You know it's going to document this whole process of, like, we were at Lala's gender reveal party and like, you know, and I stayed up all night with Brittany because I didn't, you know, and then I made her make me corn and a Stouffer's big man hungry meal. Uh, I just, I just, what can you say anymore, folks? What can, we are living in a very weird time. And you know who else was living at a very weird time? Um, oh, Oh, no. I'm getting uh, Breonna Taylor news. Ex-officer Brett Hankinson indicted in connection with Breonna Taylor's death. Two other officers involved in the March shooting were not charged. Huh. Well, that will be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I pray for uh, the city. And um, Okay, so sorry. I get news alerts on my phone and that kept popping up. Uh, back to me hating Jax. No, um, back to Chris Jenner. Now, lover or hater, you got to respect Chris Jenner in the sense of like what she has built. I mean, it, it, it's crazy. It's crazy what she has built. Like at, at the end of the day, we can all make fun of the Kardashians, but she has managed to make multiple, uh, well, two kids billionaires, um, the others multi multi millionaires, even Rob. And we still don't. I mean, we we. The, the thing that I hate about Kris Jenner is that we don't really get to see the full real Kris Jenner. Like somebody that has taken that family from zero to a hundred, it's just not that goofy person that we see on the show, you know? It's like there is real business acumen there, and I would love a real peek behind that curtain of watching her chew somebody out, seeing how she manipulates the press. Isn't anybody else fascinated in this stuff? I really hope that's the next reality of reality shows that we get is not only breaking the fourth wall, but 
really put yourself out there, really show us the real stuff. I mean, do you think that might happen is that we might just keep getting more real and more real? Ah, man, thinking the deep thoughts on a Wednesday morning. Love it. We love to see it, don't we, guys? Um, Okay, so I love my friend's lyrics. Now, of course, this was a parody song based on Randy Newman's I Love L.A. song. And let's see if we can make heads or tails of this. This might be very simple. We, we, we never know with lyrical breakdowns. All we know is that I have a gift. I'm a conduit for the Lord. Uh, what he tells me about these song lyrics, um, I, I just relate to you. I'm just the conduit. Uh, okay, so it starts off with November 5th, and now I'm 30. Okay, so what we know is that Kris Jenner is singing this song. So I'm going to go out on a limb. And I'm fairly confident that it uh, that this is Chris Jenner that's singing this, that that this song is about, and that she has just turned 30 years old, or 30 years young, however you want to go and say that. Some people are like, you know, hey, 30 years young, you know, um, November 5th, and now here's where I'm going to disagree, because November 5th is her birthday. There's no way she wrote this on her birthday. So I'm going to say November 3rd. So that's what we, so all of a sudden we, we know in those first little lyrics, we see that, that Chris is a liar and that this is somebody that's really put a lot of effort into her 30th birthday, that she's made a, a parody song uh, that could potentially embarrass her many decades later. Um, so November 3rd, so right now we know she's a liar. We know it's Kris Jenner and we know she really loves herself. So that's what we get in those first two lines. And then this is riding down the highway with my friends at my side. Remember, this is right before the Bruce Caitlin stuff. Like, yeah, baby, we're riding down the highway. Put the top down, baby. Many decades later, I'm going to kill somebody on the PCH. Woo. Look at my boobies. Um, that's, of course, Caitlyn Jenner. And uh, so riding down the highway with my friends at my side. So picture that. It's probably like a Pontiac Fiero. I'm just, I don't even know if that's a real car. I just remember that from the 80s. And I bet they're all in like jazzercise outfits and like those tan tights and, and uh, headbands. And they all have like uh, weird uh, permed curls, you know. I don't know what those are called. for. Maybe some people like crimped their hair. And everybody's, and weirdly enough, this is what they don't specify in the car. This is a 30-seat car, a 30-seat uh, car that puts the top down. It's a convertible. It's, it was very ahead of its time in the 80s. And it says, my life without them wouldn't be complete. They are my joy and pride, which is so interesting, you guys, because usually that is my pride and joy. But she goes, they are my joy and pride. So what does that mean? And let me, let's get it. My life without them wouldn't be complete. And I think what she means is that her friends are her life force, is that they are keeping her alive. And that's when we realize Chris Jenner is a robot. She's a robot that her friends have made 30 years ago. So she's like, my life without them wouldn't be complete. They are my joy and pride. And that's why it's usually pride and joy, but joy and pride, joy and pride are the two chief scientists that built robot Chris Jenner. So they are my joy and pride. So it's a wink at us like, thank you, joy and pride for making me robot Chris Jenner. <laughs> okay. Uh, then it says, I've learned a lot from all my good friends about turning 30 on the fast. So that's like about a computer coming to life. It's almost like a Pinocchio, like, I want to be a real boy. Uh, <laughs> I want to be a real Chris. So it's really about a robot coming alive. It's a robot coming alive story is that she's been robotic most of her life. And then as she's late in her later 20s as a robot, she's starting to feel real feelings. And she's been watching all of these people, her quote unquote friends and makers, and they've taught her how to be more human. And then it says, we're going to party till we just can't party no more. And that's her coming out as a robot. That's her saying, hey, let's make this the best 30th robot birthday party ever. Because she knows she's indestructible. And I think we've seen that in years to come. She really is indestructible. And she's like, I literally can party forever if I want to. I will party all of you guys into the dust. And then she goes into 
this long list. Uh, it says carpools, Judith Lieber, Bible study, Cheesecake Factory. So these are like Da Vinci Code style clues. Now, I went to each one of these places this past week, and there was, if you went to, if you did a carpool, it would lead you to Judith Lieber, which was like um, uh, a person that, uh, it was just a lady in Malibu, and she passed me a Bible, and that's where Bible study, and if you flip to uh, Corinthians 3.1, it said, uh, there's a, a passage in the Bible that says, you know, go to the Cheesecake Factory. So I went to the Cheesecake Factory, which they only have outdoor seating because of Corona, and I was told to look for a... Um, I, I asked for, hey, um, Joy, is there a Joy Pride here? And guess what? Joy Pride came out, not the makers, but another Joy Pride, and then passed me a Tallarico, which, of course, is a um, old-time football flag. And the football flag said Auntie Barbara's, and then it gave a code to uh, an address to Glendale. So I drove to Glendale, and that's where I, the next lyric says, the choicest parties. And that's where I saw a choice party going on. And of course, everybody was masked, uh, socially distanced, but still a very big party. And um, the next lyric is lots of tennis, which I saw at that party. The next lyric is baby showers, and there was a separate part of that party that were baby showers, and then birthday parties. There was also birthday parties there, and the birthday party was for, the next lyric says Valentino. They were throwing a birthday party for Valentino, and then it said church on Sundays was the next clue, so I waited two days because it was Friday when this happened, and then I went to my local church on Sunday, and the next lyrics was everybody very happy because the girls are shining all the time, and this was a crazy clue because I was like, what could it be? What could it be? And that's when I saw the Mother Mary um, I think that's her name. Uh, there was a statue of her and it looked like the sun was shining behind her. And I went up and I reached behind Mary's ear. Like, you know, like when your parents would do that, Hey, I got a, I found a penny behind your ear. I did that with Mary and I picked up a key. There was a key behind her ear with an address in Malibu. And then it says, looks like another fun filled day. And I was like, yeah, it does. And then it says, I love my friends. We love you. We love you. And then all of a sudden, this song became this kind of mantra to me, mantra to me of like, I love you. I love you. As I was driving to Malibu, where the key told me to go, it had like digital coordinates in it that I could sync with my Toyota Corolla because it has a really strong Bluetooth connection. And then the last lyrics are, look at my friends. Look at those faces. Look at how they all to go to such chic places. And the, the, it led me to Chris Jenner's house in the Hidden Hills. And it says, look at these girls. There's nothing like them nowhere. And when I got to Kris Jenner's house, I did look at those girls. It was Kendall, Kylie, Chloe, not Courtney because she's been put out of service, and Kim. And Kris Jenner was behind them all. And that's when I realized they were all robots. And they were all chanting, I love... <laughs> I love my friends. We love it. But think, imagine that in like robotic voices out of the Kardashians. It was so scary, you guys. And then we ate salads out of Tupperware. So that's, um, what a crazy song. I had no clue until this week that Kris Jenner was a robot. I had always suspected it, but it, I could never prove it. And that's, I mean, could you imagine, can you imagine, and this is what's crazy about the lamestream media, is that I don't think anybody will pick up what we talked about on the podcast today. Uh, don't you think people want to know that Kris Jenner is a robot? Don't you think that would be a big news story? But I guess not now. I bet you won't even hear it from even like the Daily Mail. And that's what's so sad. So that's just for us. That's for the thousands of you guys out there. That is just for us. That we know Chris Jenner is a robot. So if you see any baddies on the street and you pass them, just go, Chris Jenner a robot? And they'll go, yeah. And that's when you know that it's somebody that listens to the show and knows the truth about Chris Jenner. You know what else we know the truth about? A little show called Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Do you think it's some recap time? Let's do that right now, shall we?
to tell you guys, I am so excited. This was the last part of the reunion. Uh, all we have left is tonight's Secrets Revealed episode. And there is not worth it. I mean, what are we going to see? The only thing this way, the only way Secrets Revealed would be amazing if we just saw like an hour of like Brandy going down on Denise and be like, damn, I can't, they really did reveal the secret. That's amazing. Other than that, like, what are we going to do? Like Kyle spent more money than Mauricio wanted her to. Ooh, secret revealed. And by the way, I feel like the show should every time a quote unquote secret is revealed, they should have an announcer go secret revealed like a monster truck rally. You ready for some secrets? Real has what <laughs> my fucking parents are listening to me scream in the other room outside. So silly. Um, yeah, so I'm 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 over it, you guys. Like I am at the end of my rope with housewives, except for the Potomac Housewives right now. I need Rinna and all those kooks out of my life. Uh Real Housewives in New York, I need them out of my life as well, and I need to go away. I need them to go away and me to fall in love with them again, you know? It usually takes like a month where I'm like, I wonder what Ramona's doing right now. Hmm. And then a month later, like, do I miss Ramona? And then a month later, like, I mean, I I don't think it was like a poop problem. It was probably just like a bad day, you know? <laughs> so I'm thrilled that it's, it's almost over because it just, the season wears on you. This is what I'm telling you. Like, we are kind of athletes in a way. Um, we really put our minds through, uh, the old grinder for this whole, like these seasons, we have to gear up, we get excited every week and then it's over. And you, you, you know, you look at the victors, you look at the people you hate, you look at the, you know, you look at the whole landscape and it's just, it's so much to take in. Like, do you guys ever feel that way? I don't know. So let's recap. Um, let's recap Real Housewives of Beverly Hills right now, shall we? Um, overall, like, so the first time I watched, uh, like I'll watch these things usually two times now. Um, one time if I'm just trying to get through things really quick, but this week, two times, first time I was just angry. Second time I caught on a lot of intricacies that I didn't the first time. So even though I hated putting my body and mind through that, I was glad that I did it in the long run. So I got to say, when the first thing I heard Andy's voice going, tonight, the reunion, the tonight, the Beverly Hills reunion concludes. And you're like, oh, I've never heard such a sweet phrase in my life of like concludes. Um, so remember last week we left off with the fact of like Denise saying, yeah, I called you a shitster, Teddy, but that's like the worst I ever called you. And they had just shown a clip of Denise going, well, I've said a lot worse about Teddy. And Teddy was like, well, where did you hear that? Where did you hear that from? And they're like, you just said it in the clip. And like Denise, it doesn't seem to be getting through to Denise. I'm telling you guys, Denise is not a master manipulator. Whoever has that take is such a bad take. She's a dumb, dumb. I'm telling you, I am willing to bet my life on it. She has shades of like, but at the end of the day, she's lazy and kind of a dumb, dumb. Please don't give her more credit than that. Like, she just, like, she's not even a good liar. I mean, like, come on. You're going to tell me they just played this clip and she doesn't realize what they're saying? Like, she's not acting that way. She's actively not present, you know? Um, so, and also, by the way, like, Rinna during this scene looks like the fucking most annoying Muppet. Like, she's like a, a Muppet with her facial reactions. It's so... It's like, I can't believe people were like, Rinna, please calm down. You're scaring. Like she literally, they've had the camera angle so close that I think it did not do Rinna any favors. I'm telling you, if we had a normal reunion and you had the normal camera angles, Rinna would not have come off. She would come off 15% less aggressive, but with those tight face camera angles, it's, it's too much. You're like, dude, chill the fuck out. Like Somebody shake her. Like, Harry Hamlin, if he actually lives there, needs to come up and be like, I'm going to shake you. Wouldn't that be great if Harry Hamlin came in and kind of danced annoyingly on her like she does to him all the time? Just a thought. These are all just funny, funny, funny thoughts. Um, <laughs> so this is when we get into the Denise stuff a little bit more, and it kind of goes swings Teddy's way a little bit. Because Denise is like, Teddy, you're the daughter of a famous father, uh, John Mellencamp. The fact you would bring it up at a group dinner is really shitty in regards to when uh, when Teddy was like, hey, it's really bad. I'm not going to put I'm going to put you out of your misery. Uh, you know, you had sex with Randy. 
Which, by the way, that is such a great point, is that she is the daughter of a famous father, and she knows how these things work. That she would put that on TV, that is, I, I gotta say, that really actually did make a lot of sense coming from Denise. He's like, why wouldn't you protect her and something like that? Everybody's so protective of this fucking show and not realizing what is acceptable drama and isn't. And I do feel like that really did cross a line. And it's like, it's great for that to be brought up. We don't need to finish storylines. The fact that it was brought up, I think, is it shows us enough. It leads the viewers down that path in our own imaginations. You don't need to brutally beat it in, especially when you're not going to get any information out of 50% of the people that potentially were involved, you know? Damn, I'm on fire today. Woo! Um, so Rinna inserts herself into this whole conversation. Is like, no, I won't be quiet. You stop. You know, more with the overreacting faces. Rinna's like, Rinna will not let anyone get a word in, and this doesn't even have to really do with her. Um, she's just so annoying. Teddy says, um, Teddy said a lot about your family too. Do you want it out there? Denise said. Denise, uh, you know, saying that to Rinna because she's like, Rinna, please be quiet. Um, Andy tells Denise, well, hey, hey you mischaracterized your relationship. And Denise was like, I did not. Um, and then she talks about her husband not wanting Brandy to come to Kyle's with them because her husband didn't like how wasted Brandy got last time. Um, and when she asked to come to do the podcast, this is when I was like, Denise, you know, lover or hater is a bad liar. She's not good. She doesn't have her story straight. She makes too many pauses. She just doesn't even believe herself. Andy was like, well, you know, it's just weird because Brandy was so specific with all the details. Uh, and Denise, once again, was like, she didn't stay with me when she came to visit me on the set. Aaron was there the whole time. And this is where it is a bummer that Aaron was not on the show. It would have been nice to get his kooky perspective on all of this. Um, of course, he would have then opened himself up to the questionings from all the other ladies, which we get into in a bit. But it is a shame that he was not on and that they did not find a way to let him on. Um, Kyle said... You should have said that in Rome is, you know, Kyle's like on this. You should have like shut it down in Rome and like faced it in Rome. Uh, you need to be open and honest. That's what Kyle keeps saying. You need to be open and honest. You need to be open and honest, which Raven from Bitches Better podcast, who's on the part one of this episode, uh, talks a lot about that. And I think that's such a great point is Kyle just sticks to this script of open and honest. Andy says, I have to move on or I'm going to die, which is like, Andy, we're all right there with you. Kyle says, just be honest. Just be honest, because um, they're now talking about coming to Kyle's um, coming to Dorit's party at the end. She was like, I told Denise, like, I told Garcelle, I don't need to tell everybody. And Sutton jumps in. is like, hey, I didn't know Denise at all in 2018, but I did hear a rumor about Brandy. Either Brandy is lying or, uh, you know, she really manipulated her. Rina talks right over Sutton. And then they're like, OK. And then Sutton's like, no, I'm finished. Uh, Denise believes her text thread with Brandy is very different than the text thread that Brandy is showing. And Rinna goes, I have them right here if you want to go through them. Rinna, you ugly old bag. Are you out of your mind? You are gross. Gross. And I'll let this be, if anybody out there is texting Lisa Rinna, just know that they will be used against you at a certain point. She is one of those people. Nothing is sacred. Remember that. That is a very important, you have to remember that. Nobody is important to Lisa Rinna. Nobody. She will sell anybody out. Do not participate in activities with Lisa Renna. That's just a word of advice from So Bad It's Good Nation. Uh, Gar Garcelle, when Renna does this, goes, wow, wow. Renna goes, I don't like bullshit. And Denise says, well, be careful because I'll show yours too. Renna goes, are you threatening me again? Are you threatening me? Are you threatening me? Andy says, are you willing to show that they don't add up? And Denise goes, sure, if Renna's cool, I'll show hers too. Um, and then uh, uh, Rena's like, did you send a Denise, a Denise and desist? Did you send a Denise and desist to shut her up? And she goes, the cease and desist was to make Brandy tell the truth to all of you, which Kyle points out is not actually what a cease and desist means. And and this is, I you know, Denise, I mean, it's not what a cease and desist means, but whatever, you know, I mean, you know, cover your track. You know what it seems like? It's like Denise probably in her head like well okay i'll say this about this this about this and then just forgot to practice her answers because she was too busy learning her lines for the bold and the beautiful like i mean like really i'm not even joking that's legitimately probably what happened she was like oh i'm pretty good at improv and then was like oh wait a sec they're really coming at me um so kyle says i've been in that seat where you are denise 
not wanting information aired. It was horrible, but I did it. It's like, you dork, Kyle, it's not like some rite of passage for a housewife. It's not like like a bar mitzvah or something. Um, and this is where I really wrote though. I said the problem with multi-season housewives like a Kyle or a Rinna is that they feel they get to make the rules of how their filming goes. Once you get to a certain year, you feel like you are the referee and you get to tell somebody when they're telling their truth or not. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 it just, it's, they they feel like they get to control the narrative, and I think that's a really dangerous path to go on, and I almost feel like you need to institute a four-season policy, like a four-season policy, love them or hate them, and then make them go away for a couple years, bring them back if you want. But Rinna and Kyle should not be, should not be making any sort of rules at all, at all. Um... We also get a flashback to Rinna about like, don't talk about my husband ever when she broke the glass and threatened Kim Richards. And this is when I pointed out Rinna is louder than all of these ladies. Rinna goes, I faced it and I faced it at the reunion, honey. Well, yeah, you faced it because you're a loud mouth. Loud mouths are used to getting in confrontations like this. So it's not really facing anything. It's just that this is what you do in your everyday life. Denise doesn't do this in her everyday life. She, she is not used to being put on the hot seat. Rinna lives her life in a hot seat. Rinna thinks the spotlight should be on her at all the time. All the time, you know? Um, so Garcelle says, hey, yeah, not everyone is the same, Rinna. Rene, and they're like, well, why does it even matter? Rene goes, because we had to deal with it for the last six months. And I do want to point out that on the day of this reunion, Rena took to Instagram that night. And in her Instagram stories, she made a joke about, um, uh, I think it was like a knock knock. or like, what do you call Denise and Brandy? And it was like scissor sisters. And then the other Instagram story was, this was the worst reunion ever. I guess truth is dead or some bullshit like that. So that that was Rinna's mentality in this reunion, and I think it. Sir, I think she looked so gross. I just, I the more I see of these reunion and the people that really stand Rinna, and especially for this, I think it's like, man, are we watching the same show? And I, I totally appreciate everybody having their own opinion, and I think it really actually drives the narrative in these these shows. But like, wow, really, this far, like doesn't really have anything to do with Rinna. You know, shouldn't this be a producer stepping in and going, you have to tell the truth? Why Rinna? Uh, Andy says, uh, well, let's say I'm sorry, but, you know, but say something did happen and she's just trying to protect her family and her marriage, what would you say to that? Andy's asked. And Rinna said, well, she should have come to me and I would have welcomed her with open arms. And Garcelle's like, why would she come to you? You've been attacking her every time you see her. And Denise says, we've been friends for 20 years, Lisa. Kyle says the only way to move forward is, say it with me, folks, open and honest. Well, Annie says, well, it's Denise's truth. She didn't sleep with Brandy, and that's her truth. Kyle goes, just be open and honest. That's the only way we can move on. Denise uh, is like, well, if you won't accept it, that's what hurts. Garcelle says, you know what's sad looking Oh, this, then we go to break and then we come back and then there's a little scene with Sutton and goes, Sutton goes, Garcelle, you know what's sad looking at your boobs and then looking at mine? And then Garcelle's like, oh, honey, they're so taped up. Do you ladies all tape up your boobs? Is that like a normal, do lady store, do lady clothing stores sell boob tape? Where like, is that a special order? Is that an Amazon thing? Like I, I've never, maybe I just never paid attention, but like, do they have boob tape out there? Like, is that a common household product? And I'm not even joking. Like, or do you put like masking tape? Like when you put up like a school poster, like you would just flip the tape over and like connect it. Like, is that boob tape? Like just masking tape? Um, so we have an Erica Jane clip package. Um, and Erica, Andy's like, and she revealed new things we had never seen before. And it's the whole thing with Erica worked at that Shakers, the go-go club. And then we see the scene with Tom, you know, and he's, you know, and I gotta say, when Tom was like, it's too cool, baby. It's too cool. And she's like, it's all I ever wanted, Tom. Um, it is crazy to look at old photos of Tom and Erica when they were just starting off. And Erica Jane looks nothing like the Erica Jane of now. She just looks like a normal lady. So it was not like a hot bombshell that Tom was after. Or You know what I'm saying? Like they showed those pictures and I'm like, that's so weird, right? 
Tom never got to see the show, never got to see Chicago, we find out. He was supposed to come on the closing week, but wouldn't you think he would come one time before? And I, I wonder if Erica Jane was like, I don't want you to come. It'll make me nervous because she's told that to the Real Housewives. Don't come that first week. So I don't know, you know. Uh, there was a question that says, Rena, your daughter is posed half nude on Instagram. What's the difference between that and Erica Jane Shaker? And Rena goes, gosh, I guess there isn't a difference. Shut up, Rena. Uh, Erica says, you know, she'll take um, this accomplishment to her grave. Uh, Andy lets us know Janet Jackson went and saw. I wonder if Janet Jackson was aware of who Erica Jane is. Mark Jacobs went, which, by the way, fun fact, Erica Jane went to Mark Jacobs' wedding. I know that for a fact. Isn't that interesting? Tom, um, Tom didn't get to. Um, yeah, so Tom didn't get to. So now we bring up the fact where Garcelle had said Rinna was trying to steal uh, Erica Jane Shine because remember, Rinna did Chicago on Broadway 20 years ago. Rinna goes, well, I don't know. Oh, because they're like, why would Garcelle say that? And Rinna goes, I don't know. You would have to ask Garcelle. Garcelle, why did you say that? Like, Rinna, everything she says is like nails on a chalkboard. She thinks she controls the narrative and that's how she speaks. And to me, that is unacceptable. Garcelle says, you know, it was Erica's time to shine. You know, it just seemed a little bit repetitive on your end. Uh, Rinna then calls out Garcelle for not going to the show on the private jet. Rinna always has something up her sleeve like an evil henchman. Um, but I do want to point out that Garcelle is the only one that called Erica Jane to find out how her son was doing through, through the Black Lives Matters protest because her son is a officer. Um, and Garcelle goes, don't even try it, Rena. Don't eat. I supported Erica. She knows I'm there for you. Erica says she didn't feel like er uh, Rena was stealing her shine and appreciated Rena having done this role before and sharing with her. Um, we find out that uh, Dorit came commercially on a flight from Mexico to see the show. And I love that they're all considering this so noble, ladies going without cameras, which, by the way, was not true. They did have cameras filming it, and it was the season finale. They used this footage bullshit you're not going to tell me that 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 this still played like they like don't act like this was like oh supporting erica to a degree yes but also to a degree it's for their own instagrams it's for the fan base it's like don't act like this was noble it would have been noble if you went and saw it and you took one photo and erica jane got to post it that would have been noble but don't do this noble bullshit no um, Teddy says, well, when it comes to women supporting women, when the cameras were off, you weren't there to Garcelle. I do want to remind people at this point, Teddy is no longer on the show. <laughs> Garcelle says, Denise, do you want to go first or me on why they didn't go? Denise goes, well, I wasn't even invited until the night before. And then Andy goes, well, wasn't this the time you were suing us? And Denise is like, I wasn't suing you. I was suing, I was like, and Andy, I got to say, Andy really let a lot of behavior slide uh, on. Like, she, he must not have been pleased with Denise. Even though in an interview last week, he did say he it killed him that he could not make the contract work for Denise. Like, they were close and they couldn't make it work. Uh, and he says he regrets that. But I got to say, he let a lot of, shot, a lot of shit uh, go Denise's way this time and didn't really call out some of the mean girl behavior. And I thought that was pretty gross on Andy's part. Garcelle also says, well, I'm not comfortable on a small plane. Couldn't switch the dates with my, you know, and also at the end of the day, she goes, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Erica Jane's like, you weren't comfortable in the Gulf Stream? Teddy goes, you don't, Teddy, you know, said Dorit came commercial. Rina says, why didn't you make it, Garcelle? She's like still pushing it. Rina is that fucking dirty needle that you get hep C from, you know? Um, and I got to tell you, though, Garcelle is so unflappable. I'm so proud of Garcelle. She really handles herself so well in this shit. That's when you know somebody is confident in their beliefs and is above reproach. When they know that they mean well, you have nothing to be called out on. We uh, learn a little bit more about um, Denise's working envir environment. She's doing scenes with mannequins, and they show her acting towards a mannequin, which... Uh, there's a lot of actual um, actors in Hollywood that act like mannequins already. So, uh, but Aaron is going to come and do their love scenes so they don't spread COVID or not spread COVID, but get COVID. So it's safer to, you know, act like I, but also I don't watch soap operas. Are they showing full on boning now these days? By the way, that's what I call love making boning. So, Hey, are you ready to bone tonight? Um, we get a click clip package of Aaron of like, ladies, we're moving on. Ladies, you're making an issue out of nothing, ladies. Ladies, I'm through here. 
I got to tell you, Aaron, I do not like him, but he made it good. Like he, you need that creepy house husband. You do. It is a crucial element to these shows. You have the cool house husband like Mauricio, and then you have the wacko one. And then in between now is PK. He was the wacko one. It's the circle of life, guys. You need a good doofus dickhead guy. Um, Andy goes, Denise, we would hope Aaron would join us. Uh, she was like, well, no one else's husbands are here, so it's a no-win situation for him. Andy says, well, PK coming to the reunion years ago squashed, squashed the beef with Erica, and they showed a clip of that, and PK looked so different in the clip. He had, like, brown hair, just white. Like, I think PK's had some work done, and it just makes him look passable. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't... Do you know what I'm saying? Okay, good. I didn't want to have to go further with that. Um, Denise is also like... Hey, I shouldn't have gone to the bathroom and let you guys attack my husband. And they're like, Denise, did you like how he spoke to women? And she's like, well, I mean, not always, but like, yeah, I mean, don't ask him questions if you don't want answers. And all the girls are like, he's not a child. He's a grown man. Erica Jane and Kyle says, and Erica Jane's like, we aren't six Mike's Tysons. Give me a break. That's my Erica Jane. We aren't six Mike Tysons. Give me a break. Sugar. Um, Teddy says, I was uncomfortable how he spoke to you. Uh, then we get to see the scene where, uh, Aaron said, let, if you don't let go of my hand, I want to fucking crush your hand. I'll fucking crush all the bones in your hand. And Denise is like, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I watched that and it was wrong. I played it for him. And he said, I don't even remember saying that. And I don't know why I would say that because I'm deathly afraid of you. And he was like, why is he afraid of you? Denise is like, well, that's a joke. And they're like, ladies, what do you think? And Sutton goes, chimes in first and goes zero tolerance. And Garcelli then says, yeah, I was worried. And I love that. I got to say, I really love Sutton. Sutton saying zero tolerance. Yeah, there should be zero tolerance when a man lays hands on a woman and vice versa. But but especially you men should never threaten physical violence on women. I'm, I'm saying that to all my male audience. Like, I mean, you know, you guys out there that are listening, like, right? We all know that. Don't ever threaten. Don't ever threaten. And I do agree, like, Aaron's probably mentally scared of Denise, but physically, come on. Like, the fact that that was one of those things in his repertoire is to threaten crushing the bones in Denise's hands is wild. Um, We see Dorit's uh, pretzel bun. Oh, no, 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 this is not yet. Um, There's a little clip in between the break where Dorit asks one of her assistants to put a little... Um, something between the chain mail on her dress and the chair because it's cutting holes into her tush. Um, Andy says the glam here is competitive and there's a clip package of Dorit's fashions, all the fashions. I would love to see how much each uh, person pays um, for their glam. I, I imagine Rena doesn't pay a lot. It seems like she has those stale wigs and like maybe they get gussied up or brushed, you know, but other than that, there's not a lot going on there. Yeah. That's called shade, Rinna. Look it up, baby. Um, Sutton, uh, Sutton, by the way, Sutton is fascinating. And we talked about this before, but she pays so much for couture, but it just doesn't work on her. Like, have you seen her natural pictures where she's just in like jeans and a button up and she looks fucking hot? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Like these couture... I don't know who looks good in them. I'm not saying it's Sutton's issue. I'm saying, like, these dresses might just be stupid. And it's like, if they don't look good at you on TV, get rid of them, Sutton. You fucking can pull off J. Crew, baby. Like, you can pull off Old Navy if you wanted to. That's, like, real beauty. And I'm not even being shitty about that, you know? I'm being real. I think Sutton is a very pretty lady. She has a very beautiful smile. Um, am I... I think I'm falling in love with Sutton. I don't... This is so awkward. Um, all the girls, they do that clip where all the girls are wearing pink when they go over to Tom and Erica James. Like, oh, my God. Rena, of course, is yelling the loudest. I mean, I guess. But, like, you're never, like, you're never with your dude friends and you're, like, wearing black jeans. And you're like, are you kidding me, Nick? What? Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> black jeans. Um, Garcelle goes, I have a question for Sutton. Do you know now what Fenty is? Fenty, of course, being Rihanna's brand. And she's like, I do now. You know, got a lot of shit for that. Thought I was going to die. Um, uh, the question is asked, how much time do you come in coming up with your looks? Erica Jane says, you know, we have a deck of all the previous looks we do because we don't want to ever copy a look. Like, it's real business in Erica Jane's camp, you know. Which, by the way, it really... Uh, not jokingly, it is big business. Like, this is the way Erica Jane gets paid, you know? Um, 
I would love to know Erica Jane's salary, by the way, and how much how much they're in the red each uh, each year. Like how much they're at a loss still because you know she's putting way more money into this than it's coming out of it, all of the projects, you know? And also, just remember on Real Housewives, uh, on Chicago, on Broadway, Broadway lead actors don't get paid that much either. You know, usually it's, it's a standard, um, uh, what is it, the equity contract, you know? So it's more for the prestige than the money, unless you're somebody like um, a Tom Hanks or a Meryl Streep or something like that, where you're driving the box office. Now, they did stunt casting with Chicago, and they always do, but they do it so much that, you know, they know that offering out Chicago is a honor for most of the people they're stunt casting with. So they're not throwing money their way either, you know? Um... This is when we get to see Dorit's pretzel head, and it really is cool. I gotta say, I don't really pay much attention to the fashion a lot of times, but Dorit's pretzel head is really cool. It makes me very hungry, and it's I think it's cool. And I don't know why I wrote this. Imagine how much pasta sauce you could... Oh, because of Buca de Beppo. Imagine Dorit in the kitchen of Buca de Beppo getting pasta sauce up in that pretzel hair. Woo! We also see Dorit's swinging hair, that long hair that you could swing from earlier in the season. Uh, now Andy wants to shift gears, folks, uh, to the Rinna-Denise relationship. Friends for 20 years. And Andy goes, if you're handing out grades for this season, this might get a F-U. Andy sold it. This might get an F-U. <laughs> Why? There's a clip package of all the Rinna-Denise scenes. I gotta say, though, like, Rinna could have given Denise a heads up. Saying, hey, they're about to say this to you on the show. We're going to talk about it, but I want to give you a heads up so you can prepare. A 20-year friendship deserves at least that much. And she didn't do it, folks. Think about that. Like, really think about that. That means she is shooting the show over this friendship. So even if you love her on the show, great. But you then do also have to admit a shitty friend. Both can be true, right? Both can be completely true. And I think everybody is kind of... It has to be one or the other, and it just doesn't. You know, it just doesn't. Um, uh, so she picked the show of a friendship, and I got to say, I hope the show stands by her then for doing this because her, the show seems to be her only friend. I mean, I don't personally want her to stay on the show, but, uh, you know, I guess in that, in, in Rinna's weird logic. Um, you both said the other have changed. How do you feel that Lisa Rinna has changed? And Denise goes, gets up and goes, you know what? I need to eat something before I answer this question. And Denise is like, I'm, Denise goes, I'm done. And and then Kyle's like, did she just walk off? And then Erica Jane's like, wow, like, fuck. Like, she whispers that. Rinna goes, I would like to know the answer. Because Rinna just can't fucking let anything go. Denise, by the way, has her script for The Bold and the Beautiful in her hand. And she goes, no, I'm done. I have to go to work tomorrow. I have 48 pages. And what that, it, it, she really does. Like, soap operas shoot at such a fast pace, you guys. They get a month worth of scenes in like a week. They are going at such a fast pace. So these actors, and I'm not joking because I've coached many actors on soap operas, they have monologues and monologues that they have to learn like that the, the day, the night before. And then they'll usually change those by the next day. It's a really run and gun project where it's just you're going, go, going. And so it's not a joke. It's not something that like, it's not like a movie where you have all the time in the world, you know? And Rina goes, if you're so unhappy, why don't you just go do Bold and the Beautiful and stop doing this show? Like, Rena, shut the fuck up. When you're a producer, let me know. Um, I gotta say, it's like SNL. These veteran cast members s seem like they set the tone. It's like, there should be no 10-year SNL cast members, you know? I'm so sorry to what's-his-name. Uh, Denise says, hey, no, I enjoy the show and getting to know these women. And Rena goes, okay, Denise. Like, Rena, if you if you bully Denise into speaking and she speaks, you can't bully her more. Andy says, you used to say you could go um, to Rena with things. Rena, you know, and Denise was like, yeah, now I probably can't. Rena says, you haven't been honest with me. I feel. She goes, I feel. Feelings aren't facts, as we know, guys. Um, all the things that I've seen from Rena due to Denise, I would run too. Denise goes, well, that's just, it's not cool. A viewer says Denise was a right has a right to call you a, a hypocrite, Rinna. And Rinna goes, we're making a TV show. And then they bring up, Rinna brings up the hooker at Thanksgiving. And Denise is like, Jesus. Yes, she looked like a normal person in sweatpants. You you want me to deny her a hot meal? It really is. Like, Denise is just probably has that, like, come on. 
How dare me ask her to come in? Like, what? Andy says, Denise, put your papers down. I just want to finish this. Rena says, when you see a year and a half of text messages, she's referring to the Brandy text messages, and you see that you say that they, you've only seen each other three times, I just can't reconcile it. Denise says, okay, I'll remember those words. You've told me a lot of things about Brandy, Rena. And Rena goes, are you threatening me? And and Rena goes, Brandy knows I don't like her. Denise says, she wasn't even a cast member this season. Rena goes, if you had to do it over, oh yeah. Uh, Andy goes, if you had to do it over again, would you give Denise a heads up? And Rena goes, I wouldn't have had Denise come on the show if I had to do it all over again. Fuck you, Rena. It isn't your show. Once again, let me remind you. This is supposed to be like the Justice League or the Avengers. It's not supposed to be Lisa, Rena, and Friends. Andy says at the end, you said it would be okay. Uh, she's talking about their last scene, that last climactic scene. Uh, but we find out that Rena and Denise haven't spoken for six months. And Rena goes, you know, I got to go back to when she was friends with Heather Locklear. And this is a fucking bomb. And Denise goes, I wasn't friends with her. And you know that. You're really going to bring this up, Rena? Really? Because there was a whole thing. Remember, there was like an accusation that Denise stole Richie Sambora, Heather Locklear's husband. And this was a whole tabloid thing back in the day. And it was a whole thing. And Rena brings drops that. Like she's like planting bombs. She knows exactly what she's doing. She drops Heather Locklear's name. Andy, like, she, there, uh, Denise goes, Lisa, you're grasping at straws. Rena goes, maybe. Andy doesn't get it, which I don't believe. Andy goes, come on, I just, I really am curious now. Rena says, she's insinuating I'm a bad, bad friend. And Denise is like, no, I'm not, Lisa. And Rena tells Andy, just Google it, just Google it. Oh, I'm just so exhausted. So exhausted carrying this show on my back. Andy asks Dorit's thoughts. She says, it really, you know, it really hurts me to see these ladies fight. I had a really good friendship with Lisa Rinna, and I've grown to be friends with Denise. I don't want to think a 20-year friendship can go on like this. Maybe with more time, they can find a way past it. Andy says, I, I have to think about the time Rinna texted me a few years ago, how excited she was to have you come on the show and say everybody will love you, and it's her time. And Denise asks, so what's changed? So what's changed? Andy goes, where do you go from here? Rena goes, I just don't know. And Denise is crying. Denise is crying. And this is when they say goodbye to Sutton, which I hate. Sutton gave more than Teddy, definitely. The fact that they couldn't let her stay is so D-class A, if we want to use that word. Denise says, hey, I came here to resolve things, uh, some things, and with some, and, you know, and it looks like some of that will happen and some won't. Andy says, do you want to be their friend? She says, some of them, yes. Garcelle was... Uh, they said, you know, Garcelle, what was your uh, takeaway from this season? She was like, I was surprised it wasn't scripted. Tell Teddy felt like she was the narrator this season because she w wasn't drinking and always, you know, paid attention to everything. Erica said she had a great year for her, one of her all-time life achievements. And he says, this group in particular is a testament that amazing friendships can flourish even after all the drama. Uh, and then this is Rena's bullshit face. Rena goes, I'm a truth teller and I go with my gut. If I feel it, I say it. I will always tell you how I feel. Nobody's asked you how you felt, Lisa Renna. Remember that. Nobody's asked. When you are asked, we would love to know how you're feeling. So one last time, I would like to say, fuck you, Lisa Renna. Renna goes, six years since I've been on this show and I've been through it with some people. You know, like to read, you know, and so, you know, and Kyle goes, ten, uh, Andy goes, 10 years, 10 reunions. What do you, how do you think this group moves forward? Say it with me, folks. Kyle says, I think everybody just needs to be honest. <laughs> um, Doris, uh, so cheers to season 10. Dorit points out she has Gucci ice cubes and a Gucci glass. Very Dorit. Uh, Andy asks Dorit to lead us in a toast, which is a huge promotion. And she says, the iconic line, may the only pain in your life be champagne. And then Kyle, not asked, throws in, to moving forward and healing. Kyle, we didn't ask for a toast on top of a toast. Andy said, Dorit gets the toast. Don't throw in. Don't try to have the last word, Kyle. Come on. Don't. You know what you're doing. You guys, that was the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills seasons. We've got one more Secrets Revealed episode to go. But for the most part, that was the season. Let's think about, let's let's regroup and let's do a sum up maybe next week of what we thought about the season. So I love you guys. Remember at this point, if you want more, go to my Patreons, patreon.com forward slow, 
<laughs> Patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. Um, there's a bunch of different episodes. I'm going to start working on the Patreon episodes for today that should be there this afternoon for all the solo recaps of Potomac, Below Deck Med, and uh, Real Housewives of New York. So I appreciate you guys, as always, being on this journey with me. Um, uh, I guess all I can say once again, fuck you, Lisa Rinna. Bye, guys. Betches.